and welcome to the Citizen Church podcast. In this podcast, we are working through our current series, Farmers and Fishermen, which is a series all about fueling our faith. So if you need to catch up, then you can listen to the rest of the series in the previous episodes. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy and we'll get straight into it. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, My name is Ryan and I am the vicar here. And a massive welcome if you're new or if you're visiting us. Oh, yeah, just to say, kids are heading out. Kids and youth are heading out now. So if you are, if you've stayed in for worship, oh, Nos, look at that. That's bad, isn't it? Um, just also a side note before I speak to you. I have a bit of a, I've had a bit of a throat infection, which has kind of got in my sinuses a bit. So it's coming out. I've got antibiotics. It's all good. But um, just in case I have a little coughing fit or anything, just to be warned, it's not COVID. It's just something that I don't think you can catch. So um, just a little side note before I speak, as to why I have water that I'm spilling everywhere. It's because of that. Um, But like I said, my name is Ryan, and I'm the vicar here, and a massive welcome if you're new or if you're visiting us. We'd love to get you involved in the life of the church. And today is a great day to get involved. There's so much, it's Vision Sunday, so I'm just gonna be talking a little bit about how you can play your part in our vision here. And there's gonna be an opportunity for you to get involved after the service. I can just see that water moving, so I think it's gonna keep, anyway. We'll try not letting it distract us. But anyway, what we're going to do is uh, to have, give a bit of context to what I'm going to speak about today. We're going to jump straight into the Bible. So, oh, it's really moving, isn't it? I might put it on the floor. Hang on. Bad idea, is it? Put it on the floor. What do you think? Do you think I'm going to kick it? Still moving, isn't it? All right. Anyway, we're going to jump straight into the Bible. So we're going to be reading from the message. We're going to be going from Matthew 9.35 and continuing into Matthew 10. I've just realized where that water is. So, Matthew 10. So if you want to follow along in your devices or something, it's going to come up on the screen. I'm just going to read it for us. It says this. It says, then Jesus made a circuit of all the towns and villages. He taught in their meeting places, reported kingdom news, and healed their diseased bodies, healed their bruised and hurt lives. When he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What a huge harvest, he said to his disciples. How few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. And then going into verse 10, it says, the prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with this charge. Don't begin by traveling to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't try um, to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick. Raise the dead. Touch the untouchables. Kick out the demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment. Let's pray. And then, um, and then we'll begin. Lord, thank you that you have called each and every one of us here for t- such a time as this. Thank you that you've called us to be in this city, to be in this church, to be in this nation. And we pray, Lord, that you will come by your spirit, that you will speak to us now, that you'll set us on fire so the world can watch us burn. Thank you for this harvest. And will you prepare us now? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I just want to unpack what's happening in this passage a little bit. You see, it says, Jesus says he, um, Jesus looked out over the crowd and his heart broke because they were confused 
and because they were aimless. In other words, they were looking for clarity. They were looking for direction. They were looking for something to hope in. And I don't know about you, but when I look at the world today, it doesn't seem like that much has changed in the last 2,000 years. As we look at the world, people still seem pretty confused. I mean, I'm confused. What the heck is happening in Ukraine? Like, it's ridiculous. How is this still happening? And uh, I remember a few years back, actually, my wife and I were at her parents' house, and we were playing a board game called Pandemic. And um, I remember thinking, Flip, that's crazy. Like, imagine what it was like back when the Spanish flu happened. And then I also remember being really glad that it was just a board game, because I was terrible at it. But it isn't just a board game, is it? And this stuff is on, like, a global scale. But what about the things that are a bit more closer to home? Mental health, the statistics around mental health tell us that it's worse than ever. Technology tells us that we're more connected than ever, but you've just got to look at people to see that we are lonelier than ever. People are more isolated than ever. It's safe to say that confusion is still there. But what about aimlessness? Do we think people have more direction today than they did 2,000 years ago? And once again, I don't know about you, but I see a world that is that is striving for fame, for fortune, people fighting for legacy, people looking for meaning, people looking for love in the wrong places. It's a mentality that suggests that we're only here for a short amount of time, so we might as well make the most of it. Let's put our dent on the world and be remembered for something. Gosh, be remembered for anything. And I've said this before, and I love this quote from Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey says, the actor, he said, um, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. It's not the answer. So what is the answer? Who is the answer? So it's safe to say that in general, the world is still confused. The world is still aimless. It's been 2,000 years And we're still there. We're still in need of hope, still in need of guidance, still in need of direction. Jesus describes humanity like sheep without a shepherd. And then he describes himself as the good shepherd. In other words, humanity needs Jesus. This world needs Jesus. Wales needs Jesus. Your street needs Jesus. Your work colleagues, your course mates, your friends need Jesus. Your family needs Jesus. You need Jesus. I desperately need Jesus because he alone gives us hope. He gives us hope. Hebrews 6.19 says we have this hope, that is Jesus, as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Yet we're living in such an insecure world. This world needs security and that can only be found in Jesus, Psalm 119, this is before Jesus' birth, was talking about, Lord, how your word, is. it says your word is a lamp unto our feet. The word of God is Jesus. He alone can guide us. He gives us direction. Today we need Jesus more than ever. We live in a nation where less than 1% of people go to church, yet every year 20 churches close. Yet still, Jesus says the harvest is huge. And he says to pray. And we pray. We pray. We pray as a church. We, we pray for an hour every Wednesday morning. We pray on a Thursday morning. We have an evening of prayer and worship on the first Wednesday of every month. We pray. 
And I'd love you to join us for one of our prayer meetings that we have. If you haven't done it before, just ask anyone who's been to the prayer meeting that we have on the first Wednesday of the month in the evening. It is by far, it is by far the most significant, inspiring, and impactful thing that we do. But today, I'm not talking about prayer. I'm not talking about prayer because after they've prayed, Jesus then asks them to be the answer to their own prayer. And that is because prayer and action go hand in hand. You know, the passage goes on to say, it says, the prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. You know, I think Jesus might be calling some of us today to roll up your sleeves, to get up off our knees and to be preparing for the harvest. Because in his own words, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. And the thing about the harvest is that it's seasonal. Harvest is a season. And farmers know this better than anyone. I don't know if you've seen Clarkson's Farm. Anyone seen Clarkson's Farm? A few people. Well, that's, this is all I know about farming. So uh, anyway, for those of you that don't know, Clarkson's Farm is basically Jeremy Clarkson. You know the guy off Top Gear? that guy off top here, he basically owns a farm as you do and normally it's maintained by other people but during the lockdown he couldn't so he went and decided to look after it himself apparently it's the biggest grossing Amazon show ever so anyway, if, if you want to watch a farm, a farm show it's good anyway, so Jeremy Clarkson is trying to be a farmer and um, it's really funny it's also really informative or at least I hope it does otherwise this is all a lie what I'm about to say to you um, and I've got to be honest with you this Clarkson's Farm has had a huge influence on the talk series that we're currently doing. I remember watching that thinking, man, we can make a series out of this. And so um, we've been, anyway, that happened. Um, but what Clarkson's Farm has taught me, and I am sure this is completely accurate, is, that, is about the importance of seasons. It's about the importance of timing. And more importantly, the importance of preparation. Like, you know, there's a season for sowing. There's a season for reaping. But you can't do any of it without preparation. Before you sow a seed, you need to first prepare the soil. And then you can't reap a harvest unless you've also prepared for that. I mean, you need the tools, you need, you need the people, you need an appropriate place to store the crops, you need space. But you also need to make sure your timing is right, because if it's off, you'll lose much of the harvest. In fact, in Clarkson's farm, it's not a spoiler, it happens in the first episode, I think. But in Clarkson's farm, the weather impacted the harvest so, so much um, that they lost 90,000 pounds worth of crops, all because they weren't able to sow and reap on time. And this was just a matter of days, and it cost them 90 grand. Like, timing is so important. And so as a church, I would love us to be as prepared as possible for the harvest. You know, we're currently 10 months old as a church. We're 10 months old. And this time last year, we were just beginning to meet on Tuesday evenings. I love it. On my Instagram, on my Facebook and Instagram, I keep getting time hops of, um, of us gathering over a year ago. And um, it was just brilliant. We, were, we started at the end of February, and it would just be a Tuesday evening. I think after the band and the team, we could probably fit about 40 more people in here. We were socially distanced. And we just began gathering on these Tuesday evenings. I know so many of you were there. And God has done so much since then. And then on the 25th of April, 2021, we finally launched our Sunday services in person. We finally did that. And um, look what God has done. You just have to look around the room, but there's so much more that he has been 
doing. And I just want to say on the 24th of April, 2022, we are going to be having our one-year anniversary, and we're going to be celebrating here. It's actually a day early, but it's a Sunday, so why not? Um, And so we're going to be celebrating here both at the 11 and at the 6. So please, please put it in the diary. Make sure you're there. We're going to be celebrating together. But right now, we're 10 months old, and we've grown very, very quickly. We have around 450 people who call Citizen Home. And that's not including the hundreds of people that actually tune in online on a regular basis. You know, we've, we've grown really quickly. And before we planted, we actually set these targets. Well, we didn't, but they were kind of set for us by the diocese, which is what we're part of in the church in Wales, and by CRT, who are kind of the church planting wing of, um, of HTB, which is the network that we we're a part of. And they kind of got together and worked out, based quite conservatively, but also in faith, how big we'll grow each year and what to expect. And um, funnily enough, we were meant to be this size. The hope was that we'd be this size by year five. And uh, so we've skipped a few steps, to say the least. And I've looked at other churches, other churches in our network, and in general churches of this size around the UK and around the world. And it seems to me that churches tend to get this big, usually around three, year three or year four. But the thing about a church that is three or four years old is that it has the systems, it has the processes, it has the structures, the small groups, the staff, the finances of a three- or four-year-old church. But we don't, because we're a ten-month-old church. We're still in our infancy. And, I mean, for example, we have 450 people here, but we currently only have 45 people who give regularly. And so I've been doing lots of research, loads of research, because um, basically we need to learn how to jump to year four now. Um, And so we've been looking at lots of things, and, um, you know, there are some things that we just can't jump ahead with. And one of them things is like me. Like, um, no matter how much I want it, I can't just like that gain the wisdom of a vicar who's been leading a church for three or four years. I, I just can't. And so pray for me, <laughs> but I'm doing everything I can. Like I'm meeting with other, other pastors who are way further along than I am and talking to, I mean, I've got a few calls this week with people just be like, oh, what the heck do I do? Can you, can, can you help me? But there are lots of things that we can do to make this jump. And as a staff team, we've been actually looking at lots of church growth research um, and especially this document by a guy called Tim Keller, and he's a pastor in America. And he's produced this document, and it's, it's really incredible. I recommend it to anyone. It's, it's, it's called Leadership and Church Size Dynamics, and it's basically an essay. And what it does is it lists out the stages of church growth. It lists out the different ceilings that churches face as they grow, and it also talks about how we can break through these ceilings. Now, already we are what Tim Keller would describe as a medium-sized church. In fact, <clears throat> We're at the very top end of it. A medium-sized church is meant to be between 200 and 450 people. And um, then the next size category is a large church, which is actually between 400 and 800 people. So we're very much in that kind of top bracket of medium-sized church, jumping into the large church category. And so we've reached this ceiling. It's known sometimes as like the 450 people barrier. And the thing about this is it's not about about numbers, but these are people, and we want to create room. There's another thing that often states that when your church reaches 80% capacity, there's no more room for growth. And we just want to make sure that everyone who comes here can belong, can get involved. And so that's why we're talking about this. And excitingly, 
you know, we're on course to break through this barrier. We already have a plan for it. Because as Tim Keller says, one of the main ways we break into the next category is by providing new space and facilities. And we're on course to do this in September. Because in September, we're launching two new locations. We're launching um, a location in Sengeneth and a location in Pontypridd. And we're going to be jumping as well from two services. We currently have two services here on a Sunday to six services. And we're going to be doing six services in September. In other words, September is harvest time. It's harvest time. And we have a plan. We know that we will grow in September. And actually, we have some more plans beyond that for how we might continue to grow and plant churches in the future. And I'm so excited. I'm going to be talking about that at our one-year anniversary. So please make sure you are there. So we have a problem. We also have a plan, actually, to, um, to fix that problem. A plan for harvest season. But right now, we're in this time of preparation. We have a plan. We have a problem. But right now, we need to prepare. We're entering a time of preparation before harvest season. And this is where we, this is where me, this is where you as the church come in. Jesus speaks in this passage about harvest hands. And we're going to need all hands on deck if we're going to see the full extent of this harvest. And like I said, we're in a time of preparation. And there's a few things, there's a few things I'd love us all to commit to in order to ensure that when the harvest comes, we are ready. And I don't know if anyone here has ever been to preaching school, but... um, I, I did a couple of terms of it. And um, when, you, when you go to like theological college or something, or someone tries to teach you how to speak, they always say, don't give people more than one thing to do. And then they also say, don't do more than three points. Well, today, I'm going to give us five things to do. Um, we can do it. I think there's something for all of us in it. But also, five's the number of grace in the Bible. So uh, you can be gracious with me. Um, but anyway, I believe there's something for us all in here. Are you ready to hear my five things? Are you ready? They're going to be quite quick. I'm just going to have a drink. And then... Um, well, uh, hang on. Oh, that's good. Okay, are you ready? Five things. Thing number one, one thing that we can all do to prepare for the harvest. The first thing that we can all do is join a team. Join a team. You know, teams are a great way for you to grow in and use your God-given gifts. They are a great way for you to serve our city. They're a way for you to serve our nation They're also a way for you to invest in the growth and pastoral care of others. And we have lots of teams here. You know, we have the creative team. We have, yeah, come on. We have the worship and production teams. We have the justice team. We've got a couple of whoops. Come on. We've got the kids team, the youth team. We've got citizen coffee team. A couple of whoops. Is it all Matt Ball whooping? It's all one person. Come on. He's on all the teams. But like I said, in September, we're going to be going from two services to six services. And that means, for example... All of, well, all these teams are going to be stretched. All of these teams are going to have to grow. But for example, the worship team, the worship and production teams, they are going to be going to, they're going to be doing three times as much as they're currently doing because we're going to be going from two services to six services. We're also going to be across three locations. There's, we're going to have to get some speakers in these locations. You know, these Victorian buildings don't come with these built in. So we're going to have to get all of that. That team's going to have to grow. We're going to be doing three times the amount on a Sunday. Why not join that team. Or Citizen Kids. Citizen Kids is going to be across three locations. It's currently in one location. Citizen Kids is going to be across three locations. 
And we've said before, it's not babysitting, it's leadership development. Why not join the Citizen Kids team and invest in the next generation of leaders? Join a team. And after the service, there's going to be an opportunity for you to do that, um, just after I speak, actually. That's why we've got a little section set up at the back, and I'll explain a bit more about that as I go on. Um, so join a team. That's the first thing. Are you ready for my second thing? Oh, don't sound are you, are you ready? Are you ready for my second? Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come on. So first thing, join a team. Second thing, I would love you to consider leading a hangout. Not just joining a hangout. I'd love you to consider leading a hangout. Hangouts are our small groups here, and we currently have around 40 hangouts. But we know through research and experience that we're going to have to restructure how our hangouts operate. We're going to have to make sure that through hangouts we're able to offer pastoral care and discipleship alongside the very important social aspect. But like I said, we've got 40 hangouts at the moment. And by September, we're going to need at least 60 hangouts. And so can you lead a hangout? Can you lead a hangout? I've spoken before about Sengenef and Pontypridd. We're going to need hangouts in those areas too. Do you live near there? Could you lead a hangout? If so, once again, there's going to be an opportunity for you to do that, to sign up to do that after the service. So join a team. Lead a hangout. The next thing. Are you ready for my third thing? Yeah. Come on. The next thing that I'm going to, I'd love us to consider doing is to get involved in one of our church plants. Get involved in one of our church plants. You know, maybe you live near Pontypridd, or maybe you live just off the A470, which is the road that goes through Pontypridd, but also our, this church building that we're going into overlooks the A470. And we're going to be having an 11 a.m. service at our Pontypridd campus just like this. Why not consider making it your home? You know, I'm going to be going there every other week. I'm going to be alternating between being here and being there every other week. Zach, who is leading worship today, he's going to be there just as much as he is here. We don't want, we don't want the center of gravity to always be here. We're going to be across all of our campuses. It will have the same preaching rotor, the same citizen kids. It will just have a slightly different shell or backdrop. Why not consider making Pontypridd your home? Why not consider going there to help build a community there just like we have here? And actually, I think, where's Amber? Is Amber here? There's Amber. Stand up quick. That's Amber. You could clap Amber. Do you know, you, you don't know why you're clapping her yet, but Amber is going to be... Amber's going to be joining our team. Amber gets ordained um, as, as a vicar in, in June. And so Amber's going to be joining our team. And she's going to be the kind of campus pastor there, looking after the building. But also, she's going to be running the 11 a.m. service like Bree does here. And so, once again, Amber's going to be around after the service um, so you can go and chat to Amber. So that's Pontypridd. But also, there's Sengenef. Sengenef. Why not consider joining the team and serving there, serving the people of the Abba Valley? And actually, it's a bit different. I'm not going to ask you to worship in Sengenef or to make it your spiritual home, but I am asking you to consider whether or not you could head up there on a Sunday afternoon for a 4 p.m. service and put on an all-aged service for a community that feels forgotten. I am going to ask you to go there and run Alpha, to go there and put on a Tots and Toddlers group, not to just build community, but to support the mums there. Why not join that team? You know, if you're interested in joining the team at Singenef, then Ellie B's, where's Ellie Bennett? There's Ellie Bennett. Stand up, Ellie. Ellie, yay, there's Ellie. Ellie is heading up that team, and she would love to speak to you. So once again, after the service, you can go and chat to Ellie, and she'd love to get you involved. So join a team. 
lead a hangout, consider joining one of our new locations. Next, and I'm coming into land quite soon. This is the penultimate one. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for number four? Come on. Number four, come to focus. Come to focus. Come on. We know about focus. I'll tell you about that. Anyway, come to focus. Focus is our church weekend away. It is our church weekend away. It's the one time of the year that the whole HTB network, the, the family of churches that we're a part of, all come together. And hear me, focus will feed you. Focus will feed you. It will feed us all. It will fire us up. It's an essential way for us to prepare for the harvest. We already have nearly 250 people coming from Citizen Church, going to Focus. We're a family on a mission, and Focus is where we will be recommissioned. We will receive incredible input in the form of teaching, in the form of seminars, uh, worship, prayer, but also, and mainly, it's just an incredible time for us as a church to grow together. Come to Focus. And just to say, if you haven't signed up for Focus already, um, they've actually extended the deal by one more week. Um, and so uh, if you haven't focused, signed up yet, then you can sign up after the service. Just come and grab me. And I would love, I'm actually on focus duty after the service. So please come and grab me. And I would love to tell you more about it and sign you up for focus. There's currently an offer where you get a third off the price. Um, only if you're at Citizen Church. Um, and I've already gotten a bit of trouble for doing it that cheaply. But anyway, um, so join a team. Consider leading a hangout. Consider being part or being involved in one of our locations. Come to focus. And just to say, to help us do all of this, after the service, we're going to be having kind of a freshers' fair, a bit of a freshers' fair, just at the back of church. Um, we have some tables set up, and, over, and if you go to the tables, there'll be a space for you to sign up for teams, sign up for focus, sign up for the different plants. Amber's going to be there from Pontypridd. Ellie is going to be there from St. Genneth. And there'll, be, um, and there'll also be a table where you can sign up to register your interest to become a hangout leader. But there's one more thing I'd love to ask you to do as the church. I'd love to ask us all, are you ready for it? My final thing. I'd love to ask us all to give financially by a monthly standing order. To give financially by a monthly standing order. Like I said, currently we're a church of 450 people, but we currently only have 45 people giving in that way. You know, planting churches, growing churches, it costs more and more money. Pontypridd and St. Genef are going to cost us hundreds of thousands of pounds, and it makes me gulp when I see the cost, but I couldn't think of a better investment, a better use of our money than bringing these churches back to life, of showing valleys that they're not forgotten, especially that they're not forgotten by God. And even keeping the heating on, flip, it costs a fortune. And this is just housekeeping stuff. But rightly so, one of our biggest ministry budgets is Alpha. It is Alpha. And we've had over 300 people on Alpha this year We've had over 300 people exploring faith on Alpha. And, you know, even just this week, we had our Holy Spirit session. And honestly, it was incredible. We're already hearing incredible stories of people encountering the Holy Spirit, of people being healed already. And I recognize that we can't all lead Alpha groups. I recognize that our schedules don't always allow that. But we can all give to enable them to happen. And if you don't know, you know, often people say, oh, they don't really know where to start when it comes to giving. Then I just, you know, the Bible talks about tithing. And I'd just love to encourage you, if you don't know where to start, maybe try tithing. It's a biblical spiritual discipline where we give 10%. Tithe literally means a tenth. 10% of our income to God, to the church. And you see, it's not, it's not just about paying the bills. And it's not just about ministry costs. It's so much bigger than that. You see, tithing is a spiritual discipline. 
And a spiritual discipline's primary purpose is simply to bring us closer to God. And it does that by relinquishing money's hold on our lives and by demonstrating our reliance on God and enabling him to be who he is, which is Jireh, our provider. And to grow in discipleship, we need to grow in discipline. You can't have one without the other. And so I'd love to encourage you, if you're not yet giving financially, please consider it. And if you are already giving financially on a monthly basis, but you're not yet tithing, I'd love you to consider doing that as well. There's, uh, to help you do that, there's actually giving envelopes in everyone's chair or maybe under your chair, and there's pens as well. You can fill them out, and um, you can start a standing order, or also through them you can amend one. And then what we're going to do is we're going to be leaving some baskets just around the stage so that you can, um, when you've done that, you can just put them in there. So, join a team. Consider leading a hangout. Consider being involved in one of our church plants. Come to Focus, and then give financially by a monthly standing order. These are the ways that we harvest hands can prepare for the coming harvest. Amen? Amen. Um, and we're going to actually do that now. Uh, should we stand together? What, um, what we're going to do usually, what we do is we usually have a time of response through prayer ministry. Normally the band would come back up, um, but what we're going to do is actually, instead, our response is going to be preparing for the harvest. And so what we're going to do is before everyone has to rush off to pick up their kids, I think we've got, we've got about 10 minutes till we have to pick up the kids. And so um, I'm going to pray for us, and then it's going to give us some time to fill out the forms if we'd like to. There's these baskets um, just on the floor around the stage, so you can just put them in there. Um, and then also gives us time to go and head out, check out the Freshers' Fair before we have to pick up the kids. I think the guys will put on some, some music, and then we'll do that. I'm just going to pray for us, okay? And then we'll do that. Father God, thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest. Thank you that the harvest is plentiful and the workers may be few, but they're not few in this room. Will you speak to us? Will you use us? Will you call us? Thank you, Lord, that you say we don't need instruments. We are the instruments. And will you prepare us? Prepare us for this harvest. In Jesus' name. so much for joining us i hope you enjoyed it if you didn't already know then you can join us live on sundays we go live on youtube at 11:30 a.m or you can join us in person at our 11 a.m and 6 p.m services at our Cates campus in cardiff we hope to see you there soon otherwise i hope you have an incredible week and we'll see you soon